G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. At the root of the original temptation was the thought that God did not have man's best interest at heart. You won't die, said the servant. God knows that when you eat of this fruit, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. He doesn't want you to have this knowledge. God is protecting his own interests. He does not have your best interest at heart. The seed of mistrust was planted. Satan is the thief who came with the express purpose to kill, to steal and to destroy. By misrepresenting who God is and what he is like, he has driven multitudes from God. What a clever tactic to give a distorted image of God. It's impossible to trust in God if we do not believe that he loves us perfectly. That's why A.W. Tozer said, What you believe about God is the most important thing about you. And that's why Jesus came, to reveal to us the truth about God. Dear friend, if what you believe about God does not line up with the beautiful life of Jesus, then you are believing a lie. Because Jesus, as revealed in the Gospels, is the exact representation of who God is. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And thanks for joining us. We're looking at the subject this week of judging. And it's Phil here. And as Ken has just pointed out, one of the consequences of eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is that Adam ended up making a judgment about God and he got it so, so wrong. And that's sometimes something we're in danger of. We can form judgments about what we think God is like and we can get it wrong. That's why the quote from uh, A.W. Tozer, Ken, that you just gave, what you believe about God is the most important thing about you is quite a powerful statement, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great quote, isn't it? You know, Phil, in Psalm 115, the psalmist talks about those who make idols and end up becoming like the very gods that they make. Now, we do become like the God we worship. That's why it's important to ask, where have you received your image of God from? Is this like the owners look like their dogs thing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going there. (laughs) But false images are based on a lie. Just like in the garden, you know, Satan has done his best to send us a message about God which is based upon a lie. You, you think about the many conceptions that people have of God. You know, for example, there are, there are those who maybe they've uh, had some dealings with a strict religious institution mm-hmm. or they've read parts of um, church history like the Spanish Inquisition or the Crusades where people were forced against their will. And they've come away with an idea that God forces you uh, ahead of the light that you've got. You know, he forces you to believe things that you don't really believe, but you've got to say them anyway mm. because otherwise you'll be stretched on a, a rack four directions and you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so people get that kind of image from a wrong uh, representation of God. And then there are those that uh, have been in a very legalistic environment, you know, churches or cults that have been very legalistic, and they feel that God is a killjoy. God never smiles. He He's the one that kills our fun and uh, mm. he doesn't want us to be happy. You know, like if it feels good, then it must be sin, (laughs) that kind of thing. And then, of course, there are those who have got their concept of God by being around flaky Christians. You know, those Christians that are just 
really so far removed from reality. They all come, always come up with conspiracy theories. That's their whole life, you know, yep. kind of not in touch with the real world. And so people end up thinking, hey, your God is unrelatable. Your God is uh, unrealistic, you know. Welcome to the real world, you know what I mean? Mm. I guess a lot of people might think God is, is angry at us as well. Yeah, that's a common one. Now, I, 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 was brought, I think if you've been brought up with a strict father, you know, an authoritarian sort of um, um, father, father or something like that, or if you've been in a church, so again, where there's a lot of fire and brimstone preaching every week, you'll come away with the impression, well, that's what God is like. Mm. I often say to people, hey, just because you've heard an angry preach, preacher doesn't mean to say that you've got an angry God, mm. you know. And then, of course, um, this is a classic film. Uh, there's a very famous atheistic figure who said, the reason I'm an atheist is because if God is all-powerful, then he could stop all suffering in the world. And therefore, because he doesn't stop suffering, you know, he can't be God. I can't mm. believe in him. So there are some people that actually believe that God is responsible for all the pain, all the sickness, all the disease, all the killing and the murder and the suffering in this world. Now, I guess they're all legitimate questions to wrestle with, but we need to come back to what is the true representation of God? I mean, what are his characteristics? And I guess... Evangel- evangelicals would say that if you really want to know what God is like, read the Bible. But the problem is that is while the Bible is God's word, we can sometimes read it the wrong way and we still yeah. come away with the wrong picture of God. So, you know, how do you, how do you find this out? Yeah, that, that's so true. I mean, God is revealed in the Bible. Make no mistake about that. But let's also remember that the cults use the same Bible that we do and they come up with a completely different picture of God that we do. Mm. Uh, religious bigots, you know, that blow up abortion clinics and, and do weird things like that, they use the same Bible that we, we, we use, but they, they come up with a different message or a different God. Um, and one of the things about the Bible, Phil, is that it says a lot about God, but it's also silent on many things. Now, that's where the problem comes in, because if it's silent about things where God hasn't given clear revelation in his word, then we start eating again from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and we come up with our own ideas, mm. and our own, we form our own opinions and our own judgments about God. Okay, give us an example. All right, well, let's take Job, for example. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we know that Job was a very righteous man. In fact, he was the most godly man on earth, the Bible says. Wasn't a man like him, and yet he suffered more than anyone. So why did he suffer? There was complete silence. It was like the heavens were as brass. So along came his comforters, and they put their spin on it. Well, God is silent, but we're going to tell you. Um, it's because of sin in your life. You know, only, only wicked people suffer, so you must be covering up. So that forced Job into a defense mode, and he said, well, if God is judging me for my sin, and I'm suffering because of my direct sin, then God is unjust. So he started making... Um, these claims about God and, and charging God foolishly. And, and that's eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. At the beginning of the program today, Ken, you said that it's so important that we base our understanding about God on the revelation that is brought to us by the life of Jesus. Let's talk about that a bit more. Yeah, you know, the Bible tells us many facts about God, but in the life of Jesus, we actually encounter God. We experience him. You know, God is fleshed out in the person of Christ. Now, why didn't God want us to make graven images? I often ask this question. The, the, the answer is very simple to me. is because whatever image that we try to conjure up of God, we're going to get it wrong. But you look at Jesus, and the Bible says that he is the image of the invisible God. You know, show us the Father. Well, he that has seen me, said Jesus, has seen the Father. So Jesus came to show us the truth about God. He is the way. He's the truth. And he's the life. He's the truth that removes the lie. 
The serpent hid the truth about God under a lie. He told a lie. And then people are confused about what God is like. But Jesus comes to reveal the Father. I like the way you put that then. He's the truth that reveals the lie. You think of that in any context of truth, you know, something comes out. Yeah. And the lie is definitely gone. It's like switching the light on, isn't it? The dark yeah. can't hang around. That's exactly right. And Jesus said, look, no man has seen the Father, but the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he's come to declare him. Mm. Well, give us an example then of Jesus revealing the Father. Okay, now we talked before about those that were forced to believe things against their will yep. and their own understanding. Now, was Jesus like that with, uh, say, Thomas, for example? Did he force him? Did he push him against his will? No, he revealed himself and they said, I've already told you, blessed are those that believe without having to see. Mm. But he didn't kind of hold the sword to him, you know. So Jesus is not intolerant with us when we're working through our doubts. That's very clear. So therefore, God is not like that. God is not one who is intolerant with us when all our beliefs don't line up with what is truth. Here's another one. You know, we talked about flaky Christians that make God seem so distant and removed from this planet. Is God like that? Is he unrelatable? Well, look at Jesus grieving over the death of John the Baptist or at the tomb of Lazarus, Lazarus, you know. Look at the way that Jesus had compassion on the sick and the suffering. Is he unrelatable? Definitely not. You know, he's a God who is affected by all our, our needs and our pain and our suffering. Is God angry? This is a picture that's often portrayed of God, an angry God. Well, how did Jesus tell the story about the prodigal son, about the father? What was his reaction like with the son that came back? Oh, he just ran to him, you know, threw the robe upon him, brought out the best for him, threw a party for him. He wasn't angry with him, you know. I guess where all this fits together with our subject this week of judging is what you believe about God is the most important thing about you, and that then affects how you judge the world around you. Yeah, and what I'm saying is don't make that judgment until you've seen God in the face of Jesus Christ. subject this week is judging and we'll continue the conversation same time tomorrow hope you can join us until then remember you don't have to carry that baggage god wants you to be set free for books dvds small group studies and other resources from ken leg and details about ken's ministry shop online at vision.org.au that's vision.org.au Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.